We all have paradigms and roadblocks that prevent us from excelling, and they can be real or imagined. Welcome to Beyond Bricks, a podcast that will give you the ability to break through those walls. Here's Dr. Nathan Unruh. Welcome, everyone, to this conversation. I'm super excited to be here with Dawn Van Neuenhuizen. Did I get it right? A+. Plus. All right. Powerhouse. You're going to get a ton from this conversation. Dawn, first, tell us a little bit about you. Well, Nathan, I grew up in two places, really. The first half of my growing up years were in a little tiny town called Wakanda, South Dakota. Have you ever heard of it? I have. All right. So in Wakanda, my mom was a third grade teacher and my dad was at the bank. I'm in banking, which you're going to hear about. And then when I was nine, if you've ever heard of the farm crisis, that's when that was really happening. And my dad had grown up in, on a farm in South Dakota and it was really tough on him going out to those farms where those people couldn't make their payments. And he said, time for career change. So he went back to college and became a teacher as well. So we moved to Pipestone, Minnesota at that point, all kind of around Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls is where I've always loved Sioux Falls. My family's here, my cousins are here. We come here growing up. It was just a fun place. And I always thought someday I'm gonna live in Sioux Falls. So the second half of my growing up was in Pipestone, Minnesota. Dad got a job teaching business. So banking to business, teaching it in this case, and had I had a really good growing up. I learned some things, like they were very hard workers, both of them. They taught me a fantastic work ethic, but also my dad had two daughters. And to those of you that have two daughters, he just taught us everything that he would have taught a son. So to this day, my husband will say something is broken and I'll say, let me call dad because I don't think it's broken. I think I know what we could do to fix this. It drives him nuts, but in a good way, it's saved us a lot of money over the years because dad usually knows how to fix it. He just always said, you can do whatever you want to do. And he also taught me no doesn't mean no. So I'm in sales and you have to overcome objections. His first answer to everything was no. Always, dad, can I go out with friends? No. Dad, can we go do this? No. I love it. And then I would circle back. Well, he raised two daughters and we were very different. I took no as, well, that's just the pathway to yes. I got to go at this a different direction. My sister took it as, okay, dad. She was a sweet one. But then she just went and did what she wanted anyway. So you decide, which daughter do you want to raise? The one that fights you every step of the way or the one that goes and does it anyway? We both drove them nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so then... The other thing I learned from them was budgeting. I might have a Dutch last name, but I really wasn't Dutch till I got married, right? My dad though, he could stretch money. Like he would live on about half of what they earned. We went and bought groceries one time a month. Do you know why they were both teachers? Why? Because they got paid once a month. So we'd come to Sioux Falls, we'd get groceries for the entire month. And then we'd take it back to Pipestone where they would just get milk and necessities during the week if they needed them. You learned all the good cereal, meaning the not good for you cereal, yeah. was gone in about two days because we just ate it all because it was, you know, survival. But I said, I will never live that way where you get groceries once a month and you get paid once a month. For the last 20 years, I've been paid once a month. So I live exactly that way. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so never I say agree. never. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's where you grew up, Pipestone. Mm -hmm. Yep. Great parents. Mm -hmm. Taught you a lot about the word no, working yep. out thinking about money. Yep. Yep. So fast forward, talk mm -hmm. to me about your career, how you got yep. into banking and where mm -hmm. you are today. So I went to college at NDSU in Fargo for business. 
And that was different going to college four hours away from home back then. Think no cell phone, think no car. You went up, you got dropped off, you came home at Thanksgiving. I did have a boyfriend, dated and married my high school sweetheart in this, in this time frame too, got married in college. But my first background, I would say in banking came from going to school for business. And I worked all the way through, like I started at 15 in an insurance company called Cold Calling every day after school and then worked customer service all the way through college. And then I decided, I graduated before my husband because he was going for architecture, which was a longer program. And I had started working at Cargill. And Cargill in Fargo is a, think of it like admin, accounts payable, accounts receivable. They have a big office up there that does that. That's where I started, didn't make any money, but they had this one benefit. And that was, if you wanna go to school, we'll pay for it. So they paid for my master's while I worked there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was awesome. And then I got done with my master's. He got done with architecture school. We came back to Sioux Falls, which is where I'd always wanted to live. And at that point, we had both of our families in Pipestone, just close enough that we could go see them, but they should have to call before they came to visit. And when we came, he had a job, but I didn't. And I remember our apartment was on Louise Avenue like 57th and Louise, right now there's a McDonald's there, there were apartments there, and Kitty Corner was this farm credit building. And my dad came to visit and he said, you know, they'd be a good employer. And I called and they said, you know, we have a new office that's gonna be opening, you should apply for that. So I started putting applications out and I put one out for farm credit thinking, I don't really like egg, but it is business and they're gonna like Cargill, you know, yeah, on my absolutely. resume, yeah. which they did. So I was hired to help open their regional office in Sioux Falls. What a regional office does at that point was underwriting. So here comes my underwriting piece of the puzzle. I was there seven years. And during that time, I moved up through different positions to the point of being an egg underwriter. Egg underwriting is different. You have to know like not just acres of ground and what does that cost? You have to know, are they having enough pigs in that litter? Like, are they efficient? Like you learned a lot. We'd go on farm visits. I learned a lot of stuff and I learned how to think, I think differently than I'd ever learned in college. Like it was on the job. If it doesn't work this way, we need to look at this. So that was my time at Farm Credit until one day, all 20 of us went into what we thought was our benefits meeting where, you know, it's not like it is now where you just get them online and you go pick what you want. Back then you went into a meeting, you sat down, and then they presented your benefits. Except this day, all 20 of us who'd opened this office, worked together the entire time, sat down and they said, we're closing your office. Oh no. So we didn't really get a benefit meeting. We got a offer and the offer went like this. You can keep your job, but you have to move your whole family to Omaha, or you can take a severance package but you don't get it unless you work here for six more months to help us shut the place down. So morale that was really good went down in the toilet oh, really I fast. Out of the engine. Mm -hmm. I remember it was all intertwined. So one of my coworkers there, he and his wife had raised their kids and she stayed home. And that was who was watching two of my kids at that point. And that was grandma Alice. And I said, we just lost my job and my daycare in the same day. And the daycare might've meant more because where do you find someone that just takes care of your kids like their their grandma and loves them every day? That was right. a gift, right? Mm -hmm. So we didn't go to Omaha. We stayed. It's a big decision. Yeah, it was, but it wasn't because we'd already been away. And we knew like since having kids, we wanted them by grandparents. We wanted them 
to know their grandparents and to be raised with legacy. But then what's next? What am I going to do? I don't really want to do anything ag anymore. And I wasn't planning on a change. I loved what I was doing. Like I was blessed. I went to work every day and I loved it. I didn't watch the clock. People were great. So you mourn. First you're angry and then you're sad. And we had bought a house in Sioux Falls already at that point. And I had used my good friend, Kevin Carlson, who was my neighbor growing up, was at my husband's kindergarten birthday party. I didn't know that. Yeah, we go yeah. way back to help buy that first house. And at the time he'd said to me, why are you an underwriter? You should be in sales. Don't ever do another job if something changes. Call me first. So I sent him a message and I said, well, we have a change here. What do you think? He said, don't meet with anybody until we talk. And that's exactly what happened is I went and met with him and his manager that came down from the cities and I had a job, totally different job, a little bit of a learning curve, but it's been a really good job. He and I have worked together since 2006. And that's when, not too long after there, we met Chris and Chris pulled us over to work with him at Journey Mortgage. And Journey Mortgage later became Plains Commerce Bank, which is where you know me at today. Okay, so talk to me a little bit mm -hmm. about that. So mm -hmm. I didn't know that about Kevin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yep. Just speaks to the power of relationships. All the way through. Right. Yep. So talk to me about your time with Plains. Mm -hmm. Because the reason you're sitting here is Mm -hmm. I've had opportunity to get to know you. Yep. I've gone to a number of boot camps and listen, and you continue to stand on the stage and get <laughs> awards, and at the same time teaching other people mm -hmm. about your success. Yep. So talk to me about what you do right now and what's been some of the key elements to, to the mm -hmm. success that you've had. So right now I am what you would call a senior mortgage banker at Plains. What that means is I run a team and on my team, I have amazing loan partners and loan officers that all work with me to help people get into their homes. Over the years though, that has changed. It wasn't a team at the beginning. At the beginning, it was Kevin and I. And then as we started to take off, we added one person that we shared. And then pretty soon there was too much work for us to share. And these relationships, like a lot of them are still there. The people that worked with us then are still with us today. And both of us ended up splitting and taking individual teams, which is where you would find us today. Every customer I meet, I have a job. I have to do two things. I have to teach them so they know what they're getting and I need to learn. They tell me the most interesting stories about their lives. Like I learn like just fun things. Every day I learn a fun thing about something they do in their work that I didn't know. So I think it's really important when you're working with customers that you give but you also really take an interest in them and learn a little bit too. So I do a loan, a couple years later, I might run into them at Sam's Club and I might be struggling with their first name, but I might remember something they told me in the process, like their daughter's sick or their job manufactures some unique component that nobody else does, but we do here in South Dakota. I love to learn, so it's fun that way. Well, I gotta think that's what endears you to so many more people when you are willing mm -hmm. to listen and learn about mm -hmm. them because really you're not selling mortgages. Mm -mm. I mean, you're selling homes, you're selling memories, yep. you're selling right. so much more than just a, a transaction. It's emotional and it's a need. Mm -hmm. Like you need a home for your family. Like that's one of your most basic needs, food, water, shelter. And are you the biggest purchase anybody will ever make in their yep. life? Yep. And if I do it right, hopefully they'll come back to me 
for each home purchase or send their family or send their friends. You say hopefully. Well, obviously, yeah. it's happened a lot because yeah. you've created one of the best books of business mm -hmm. in this town mm -hmm. and probably arguably anywhere. I mean, what I've heard, what you've been able to do there is nothing short of mm -hmm. spectacular. So let me transition then. So that gives us a background about you. Mm -hmm. I love the story about your parents. I love the stories mm -hmm. about how you grew up and how you got into this business. So you've been yep. able to see a lot of good leaders, yep. maybe some not so good mm -hmm. leaders. You've read a lot about leadership. You've mm -hmm. had to learn to lead better yourself. Mm -hmm. So as you reflect now back on mm -hmm. all of your experience where you are today, what would you say would be three of the most important attributes of great leaders? So I think it's very important that a leader communicates well. I think they need to teach, but then my favorite aspect of a good leader is they let you run. So for instance, Chris Vinson is my current manager. He has been for a very long time already. We won't say how long because then we all feel a little bit older, <laughs> but he's always let me run. Like he trusts me, like you've got this. Like he's not calling me and saying, did you get this done or did you get that done? Like early on, I built a level of trust with him where he knows I will perform and I'll call him if I need help. But other than that, like the sky's the limit. He never says, oh, you can't accomplish that or that's impossible. No one's done that. He doesn't do that. So pull apart for me. Yeah. Communication. Because mm -hmm. that comes up a lot yep. on mm -hmm. teams, mm -hmm. that poor communication. What makes a, a good communicator? Well, let me give you an example. On my particular team, there are a lot of customers calling in each day, needing things. And I ask that each loan partner send me a daily update, who they talk to, what happened. So then I can just search my email if that customer calls me and say, oh, Joe Smith, what does it say? And everything Joe Smith pulls. Okay, Kaylee talked to him and he needed this. And now I'm up to speed. Now they're communicating with me, but the trick is I have to communicate back. I have to tell them, okay, here's who I talked to. Here's what you need to know. I think lots of times communication isn't both ways. And that's where we run into trouble in leadership. Like we expect our employees to communicate with us, but we don't communicate back as managers. So I think that is the biggest disconnect on communication. So here's what I hear there. Yep. So communication is a two-way street. Yep. I can't agree with you more. Shocking. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> it takes two. <laughs> but the other key there that I hear is consistency. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's day in, day out. Yep. You have yep. to consistently communicate. Yep. I call it the chief reminding officer. Mm -hmm. We all have to be chief reminding officers yep. in order to make sure that the communication is staying yep. solid. Okay, that's that's helpful. Talk to me about this run idea. I've not heard them. Mm -hmm. All the interviews I've done, I love yep. that attribute of yep. the ability to run. Right. Good leaders allow people to run. They do. Pull that apart a little so, bit more. Well, like let's just use purchases for example, easy numbers. What if the most purchases you'd ever had was five in a month and a leader said to you, Five's good, but I don't think you could ever have more than five. There are different personalities out there. Some personalities would be like, okay, there's my limit. That's all I can do. Well, I had a manager that never set limits like that. Five's good, but what else can you do? You know, you, you just kept challenging me to go, 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 and never set a limit. And whatever the job is, I just use purchases for an example, but you could apply that to any industry. Let so them achieve. And I think that's, as leaders, we'll have mm -hmm. a tendency to want to keep people right. do this, do that, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. micromanage. Right. That happens right. too much. Yep. But I hear here this, a good leader expands people's mindsets. They do. Believes in them. Yep. And if you have an employee that 
has proven they're not worthy of your trust, then maybe they don't get to run. But if you have employees that have showed you they can perform, they can do the things you ask them to do, let them run. Yeah, so that takes training, mm-hmm. that takes empowerment, that takes equipping them mm-hmm. while they crawl, yep. walk, now go right. get it. Right. And on my end, as a leader, it's not always easy. I can see that. That's why I appreciate the gift I was given. Because as I have team captains and loan partners and loan officers doing things, you know, you want to stop and question what they're doing and you have to almost sit back and watch and just make sure it goes okay and you're there if they need you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transition into my next question here. So who are people in your life mm-hmm. that have really leaned into you and helped you lead? Now, mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned your dad. Right. And yep. I mean, I wrote down no. No. So he taught you how to deal with objections. No means yes later, maybe, but it doesn't really mean no. <laughs> no. Okay, that's, a, I think, a key attribute yep. Yep. of leaders. They don't yep. take no. Right. Work ethic. Yep. I mean, the hustle muscle is there. And then also just yep. your relationship with money. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about some of the leaders in your, in your so life. So some of the leaders that have been really good, we talked a little bit about Kevin Carlson, but I didn't take you all the way back. And all the way back would be my band director all the way through high school was Mr. Carlson. And the band program you'd know him for now in Sioux Falls is the Lincoln Band Program. But back when I was in school, Pipestone was the band, and he was the director. And we worked so hard, like summer band camp, early mornings, after school. Like, I have to give him a lot of credit for work ethic, too. And I think that's paid forward for Kevin the same way as we were just taught. Like, you practice until you get it over and over again. Other leaders that I, or mentors that I feel like really helped me. When I got into farm credit, I mentioned I lost my daycare that same day. Well, her husband, Carl Carlson, was probably about my age now, honestly, when I started working with him. And he just took me under his arm and he said, I'm gonna teach you underwriting. And like, think of it, yellow pad teaching. Like he really taught me. That was way more than anything I learned in college. And even to this day, I can sit down and have the best discussions with him. And we do. Just things we run into in business and how he would solve that or what he remembers. So he was amazing. And that was 23 years ago, 24 years ago when I first started working with him already. So relationships matter. Long-term relationships matter. And then, of course, like we talked about with Chris, the things I've learned with him over the years, he's a big believer in coaching. So... You don't always learn if it's the same voice all the time. Like think of Charlie Brown and wah, 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 wah. (laughs) Somewhere along the line, Chris learned that. So he said, well, other people are going to get to speak and we'll see how that goes. That's why you've heard me a few times. That's part of the reason I've been able to have some really good coaching with all kinds of different people over the years that have had different specialties. Like Chris is really good at bringing them in for us. Yeah, and that's important. So, Mm -hmm. okay, a couple things I want to pull apart that you said. Mm -hmm is you know if you look at the band experience yeah that's a big deal i i Mm -hmm. I mean i've I've had some of the Mm -hmm. same experiences in my own life Mm -hmm. you know if you look at athletics and some of those Mm -hmm. coaches that have taught me Mm -hmm. there is no substitute for hard work mastering anything that we do we have to work hard if you bring up lincoln's band i mean for those that are listening i mean this their band is amazing they are but it's not an accident. No, they practice. They practice, they put the time in, and yep. that's what creates success, is mm-hmm. that work ethic. Mm-hmm. And that building, how bad do you want it? Right. So if you think you're going to be successful by working less than your team, doing less work, having them never see you there, you won't be. Like, I've always believed no one should work harder than me on my team. And I believe it to this day. So I agree with you. You 
have a whole nother dynamic being a woman and being a strong woman that's a mm -hmm. strong leader. Because not only have you had to do what you've done from yep. a vocation and, and in your professional life, but you have to also balance the hat of mama, wife, yep. you're leading a team, dealing yep. with sales. So for those people listening, those, mm -hmm. those women today that want to be strong, mm -hmm. they want to be leaders, yep. what's some advice you can give them? So my first thing that I would say I really hope for them is they have a really good partner. So my husband, Dave, is amazing. Like he has always been supportive and he has a very busy career himself. Also has some sales pieces to it. So we have some pretty good discussions and challenges as we talk through things. But I remember when I was going, that, that cut happened at Farm Credit and I went home and told him about what Kevin was offering or bringing up. And he said, you'd be good in a job that doesn't set ceilings on you. Like he just always said, go, go too. So he gets a lot of credit for saying you can run. I've raised three kids, I should say two and a half, because one's going into high school this year and those are fun years. But the other two are out. One's married, one's at Augustana, her second year of college, and then the baby's at Harrisburg. And I would say that I had the baby when I was in mortgage. Different raising a child when you're in mortgage versus a regular eight to five job. But no matter what job I was doing, balance has always been a problem. So if you're a working woman and you think you're going to have balance, like I remember we used to do these wheel of life things every year <laughs> and then we'd see where we were off balance. And, you know, I really wanted to have God family work in balance. Now I will tell you with my years of wisdom, good luck. Because if you really want to be successful and do well, at your job and as a leader and you realize your family is super important you might realize that you have a week where work takes up too much and then the next week family gets more like you can't really keep it balanced all the time but you have to take care of each piece of that because it's really important um, so my number one advice to women that are working is you're not failing if you're not in balance it's impossible I appreciate that statement yep. so much. I struggled with it so yep. for so many years. Yep. Same thing on the yep. wheel. I'm, yeah. like, you know, I'm it's, horrible. It's, yeah, it's not going to ever be balanced yeah. because there's times that your family needs you more. Yep. There's times that your job needs yep. you more. And if we want to have an extraordinary life, mm -hmm. first five letters are the extra's got to come from somewhere. Right. So I love what you said. You got to have a great partner. Yep. You better have great conversations. You yep. got to be able to be supportive. Mm -hmm. I, we always talk about what's our A plan, what's our B plan, what's mm -hmm. our C plan. Right whose roles or what, yep. right? I think just having those conversations is critical. But I appreciate mm -hmm. that you say that because some yep. people will, they stress themselves out and develop mm -hmm. so much anxiety trying to create balance. It's a misnomer. And we tell our young women that you should go to college, you should get a degree, you should have a career. And then yet when you have kids, they really shouldn't be in a daycare. And then what are you gonna do? Like we have so many mixed messages we give our young women so I just want to be really clear. You can do all of these things, but you will not be in balance. There is not one time my kids will tell you though that they haven't felt like I'm there for them. Like they know they can call me and I'm there. It's not the same as being there all day long taking care of them. It hasn't been able to be. You know, so I'm just, I'm just thinking about my, my own life and mm -hmm. if it wasn't for my wife, who knows how my kids would have turned out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a team effort. <laughs> it's a team effort. But, you know, we always said this, two things we want our kids to do. We want them to love Jesus, mm -hmm. and we want them to have a good, strong work ethic. Right. Now that my children are all adults, yep. one of the best compliments I've, I've received from them mm -hmm. is they now look back and they say, I appreciate learning the value of work yep. and dad watching you work. Yep. Yep. 
they, they're thankful. Right. And there's some of me having to apologize for forgiveness because mm-hmm. I had to miss a lot of things. Yep. But I think having those conversations with your kids, mm-hmm. yep. what do you think? I do. And like they'll say, you were at our concerts, Mom, but we could see you out there, and your phone was lighting up your face. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, all right, no, i got to tell you this story. I'm at my daughter's dance, yeah. <laughs> and she's beautiful dancer, and mm-hmm. the area where we're at's dark, and she says, Dad, I saw you on your phone. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. okay, Nathan, put your phone away. <laughs> That's how I wanted you to be able to find me. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's transition. Yep. Leaders have routines. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't even know they have a routine. I'm curious mm-hmm. about your routine. Okay, so ongoing argument with my husband. He says, I am so much into my routine that I can't deviate from it. So I think I'm, I definitely have a routine. I think a routine is very important. I get up early. I exercise, I pray. Lots of times I walk. I love it when it's actually nice in South Dakota so I can walk outside and not be on my treadmill. And I plan. So in the morning, walk, plan, pray. That's the morning. Get ready, go to work. Walk, plan, pray. Yep. I love it. Yep. Oh, and I have this app called AnyList. It's amazing. What's it say again? AnyList. A-N-Y-L-I-S-T. On AnyList, I have Sam's Club, Costco, work whatever I need a list for in there, and my family can see it. So the rule is you use something up in the pantry, you're supposed to put it on the list. And my son Cabot, he tries not to look, but he has a daily chore list right now to make sure he's not wasting summer. Horrible stuff, like water the plants. (laughs) You're so mean. Pick your underwear up off the floor (laughs) in your room so I don't come home and lose my mind. But lots of times as I'm walking and planning, stuff gets added to my list app. And then go to work. And lots of times I meal prep and I have lunch for the week. So if I don't have a business meeting at noon, I just have it there. And then I get home from work, we have dinner or we don't have dinner, just depends what's going on. And I go for another walk and recap my day. And if I miss my walks, that's where my husband says I can't deviate very well because that is my planning time. Okay, so brilliant. So here's what I hear mm-hmm. there, and you're intentional. Right. Good intentions won't get it done, but intentional living mm-hmm. will. So right. that time, yep. that time in the morning, that mm-hmm. time in the evening, yep. sets the edges. It yep. sets you up for success and sets your family mm-hmm. up for success. It helps me not forget stuff. You know, whether I'm listening to a podcast, whatever I'm doing to finish out the day, if I don't finish it, then I feel like I forget stuff the next day. So that's why I need that. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. All right. So for people listening, mm-hmm. many people would say, you know, I want to be a better leader, but mm-hmm. where do I start? Mm-hmm. What would you tell them? Ask your team. So if you're already a leader and you're managing people, we do this meeting and it's called the top five things. And we sit down and we go through the top five things that they're each responsible for in their job. And then we talk about how we can make those things better. And then I say, now, how can I make it better for you with your top five things? So, and they won't always give feedback in a group setting. Like they have to feel safe. So when they do give you feedback, you have to be careful not to like crush it. Right. You know, so maybe you hate the idea, but you say, I need to think about that for a little bit because I haven't thought of that before and get back to you. Like just try to keep it open. So they keep coming or if you don't understand why or explain more to me, tell me about that. So we have our top five meeting again this week and they're each supposed to bring in the top five things they're responsible for and then a list of other stuff that's taking time, but maybe not making our process better. So you gotta ask. You have to ask. So if you wanna be a better leader, mm-hmm. you've gotta lean in and yeah. ask, where, where are my gaps? Where right. are my blind sides? Mm-hmm. And those relationships are so critical for us to have in our lives. Mm-hmm. 
too many times we just have people that tell us what we want to hear versus what we need to hear. Right. And so that's what I hear in that. If you want to yeah. lead better, you've mm -hmm. got to raise your hand. Yeah, you're not always popular if you tell people what they don't want to hear, but sometimes they need to hear it Yeah, so they can be better. Awesome. Thank you for this. Mm -hmm. ton of nuggets here. I know that I, I wrote some things down that was good. I love the idea of run. Good leaders mm -hmm. allow people to run. Mm -hmm. It's something I got to do a better job of. Communication mastery. Guys, we gotta, if we want to be great leaders, take Don's advice. Work on how you can communicate better. And then as a woman, Mm -hmm. What she told you today of just how she's handled that with it in her own life. And I mm -hmm. appreciate just watching you and it should inspire a lot of other women that they can do it. I thought of one more thing too. Okay, let's hear it. There's nothing wrong with getting help. If you need someone to help you keep your house running and you get a cleaning lady. Or if your kids get older and somebody has to cook one night a week or two nights a week to help you. Like whatever you have to do to survive and make things calmer, do it. Yeah, That's so really important as a working woman. So, so <laughs> yes. delegate, right? Yes. I love yep. it. Great. Thank you for this. Yeah. Appreciate Thank you. You. you can find more thoughts on how to move beyond bricks at drnathanunruh.com.